crack open a cold box of wine or pour something cold on ice because it's the Binge Watchers Podcast. first five seconds of the of the new version but also they changed the fates of the characters around a little bit um yeah because i think uh i think well tom and axel are in both movies but um spoiler alert if you haven't watched the one from 1981 the original my bloody valentine um it's not the main character that Slicing and dicing all over a little mining town as his friend. But, you know, um, I forget the reason in the first one that the main character's, like, not in the town. The main character leaves town, so his girl hooks up with his best friend, and he comes back. He's still in love with the girl. Tensions are high because they work in the same mine. But then, like, meanwhile, the whole town is planning for... Oh, it's also got to be the town that loves Valentine's Day the most. Like they're all they're all about there's no other no other holiday to consider this town is like sets their clock. They really set their clock in all the biggest moments of their lives around Valentine's Day. Um Right. So and they always have a big dance and Yeah, everybody's talking about that damn Valentine's dance, like and there's a historic one where someone from the mine goes nuts and kills a couple people and they're like, We can't have it. we can't have another dance like that. We gotta shut this shit down. And like, oh, the town that's, that's talks about it for. Theme. What's up? I said there seems to be a big theme in a lot of horror, uh, slasher horror movies. Um, there's there's another one that kind of has a very. I mean, to say that some of these have similar plots is like shooting fish in a barrel, but um, this one has a similar plot to a, another slasher I've seen recently. In terms of like, oh, we can't shut down. We gotta shut down on this holiday. We can't have a party on this holiday. Oh, really? And it's not Halloween. Oh, which one was that? Um, the Prowler. Oh, the Prowler. His costume is like this killer's costume too, kind of. Or it looks a little bit like it anyway. Yeah, but it's a solid, I mean, it's both solid movies. Hmm. Well, what holiday is in that movie? I mean, we're, we're not going to discuss the whole Prowler, just... It was a Memorial Day or something. Like <laughs> Memorial Day? Holy shit. I don't remember. What a holiday to kill on. Alright. Um, yeah, so anyway, you, you, like... You know, Valentine's Day is, it's not banned. It would have been better if, like, it started out, like, the town wouldn't talk about Valentine's Day or, like, that it was banned and, like, then the kids wanted to have it and they were going to just continue anyway. But but basically, um, someone starts cutting out hearts, sending packages to the sheriff, like, hey, you better shut this dance down. I'm going to keep killing people. And uh, talk about the uh, most inept police chief of all time. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's like... And then you got a mayor of the town who acts like the Jaws mayor. Now we got a killer shark. How many people has it killed? Uh, that's not enough people to justify shutting down a public beach. <laughs> you know, you know, like, 
like, uh, the bear's like, nah, 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 we're gonna, we're gonna have our dance, we've only gotten a couple, that's been literally two bloody heart packages, um, obviously the killers in this movie are romantic, and they have at least the skills of a first grade poetry writer, <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean, like, t- it takes the time, doesn't just chop hearts out, it takes the time to write a little note about it, um, which also, that was in there, like, it's kind of like, you know the Jason movies, like, uh, he can catch you in the woods even though he's, like, three miles behind you? <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know what yeah, I mean? That's... Like, this movie, this guy has time to write Valentine's Day notes, plant the next chocolate, or, like, the cutout hearts, he can get them into a package, get them dropped off somewhere. Like, I mean, is he using Amazon Prime shipping? <laughs> like, or, like, <laughs> like... He can get these packages all over town without being seen, without getting caught. He can stick bloody packages wherever he needs to put them. Um, what I like slasher movies for is, like, if there's creativity in them, it's the backstory of the killer, and and literally, this is going to sound terrible, but how creative are the murders? Like, those are the things that, you know, like, make the slasher genre, as far as, far as I'm concerned, that's pretty much it. Well, that and... Um, the nudity factor, like, so. And you know what? By by all accounts, this movie has almost none of those. Um, mm. And yet, I like this movie, but it's it doesn't have like the most creative kills. I think it has a great killer, but I think the kills specifically are not anything too great. I like I like the the laundromat. Oh, that was cool. Although, in all fairness, too. Um, I won't, we watched this on Amazon, or at least I did. I watched this on Amazon Prime, and I'm guessing um, it's not the unrated cut because I saw some some uh, film comparisons. I'm like, I didn't see all that before. Or, so, in all fairness, I think I saw the R-rated cut. So. Yeah, I think it's hard to track that one down. They released a, not an unrated cut, but a cut that had extra minutes, like three extra minutes of, I don't know, violence or gore or something when they came out with the, the remake, and they put it on DVD, but... Supposedly, the filmmakers, the first one, are saying there's nine minutes that was cut by the either the Canadian Film Board or the United States Film Board. So supposedly, well, the legend has it there's nine minutes of extra chop chop floating out there. Right. But um, what's interesting about the first one is the group of friends is pretty tight. Like they do take a lot of time for you to hang out with this group of friends, like more yeah. than usual. And each each character has a name. And, uh, and for the most part, you know the teenagers in the first movie. Oh, another creative kill was the drowning in the boiling water for the hot dog. And oh, then, right, And yeah. then the other kids come back into the kitchen, and they're, like, still, you know, like, well, it's time to eat some hot dogs. <laughs> like, um, actually, I will say, we keep saying teenagers, but actually I think that's one thing I appreciated about this one, is they were actually kind of, like, like more young adults. adults. They're, like, young yeah. adults. Yeah, so anyway, um... They're mine workers. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's the other thing, too, is, like, they set this legend in, like, a, a sleepy mining town, and, um, all right, the first one, it's, like, Canada posing as the United States. Right. Or, but every other scene, they have an accent. Then I realized, well, there's no really such thing as, like, well, well, like, okay, just like how America talks about the South in stereotypes, like, they talk about the Canucks, like, the Canuckian Canadians, like, the rest of Canada talks about, like, oh, the country folk, or, like, whatever, Canuckian, and they have a Canuck accent. But actually, um, I was looking up where they filmed this movie, it was the Sydney Mines in Nova Scotia, so I was like, oh, what I'm actually hearing is, 
the Islander accent in Nova Scotia, but like literally, you watch like, um, and it's Axel Palmer in the original, um, cause like, um, it's Tom and Axel will be in both movies, but Axel in the first movie he'll show up in one scene, he'll sound like like a young Harrison Ford, and then like in the very next scene. He's got an accent that you almost think is, like, Swedish or Finnish or something. You know what I mean? Like, you can't really place it, but it's definitely off-putting because literally it's what you just – they could have a scene in the in the kitchen at the little mining camp and then, like, be in the little party area, and he's using a completely different accent. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, uh, and it happens to the main character of the movie, too. Like, they go in and out of their accents. And, it, and like, it's kind of just – it's kind of – yeah, <laughs> so I, that, I'd have to watch it with that in mind. I don't think I noticed that, but oh yeah, I, I, I caught it. I was like, <coughs> but in all fairness, I this was a, it's a long story that I won't tell every tell you, but uh, I had to watch this whole movie on a tablet, so maybe that's kind of uh, awkward. Yeah, it got the job done. I watched uh, the uh, <laughs> to be fair, I watched um, most of the remake or whatever for My Bloody Valentine 3D. Um, which maybe is 2006? I don't know. I couldn't... 2009. 2009. Um, I watched that on the Voodoo app on my phone. Uh, which I, I watched it on Voodoo, but on TV. But, uh, yeah. I've, uh, I've had to do some bus riding in the last week because I've gotten used to watching some things on my phone. I didn't know there were any buses where you are. Dave's, like, in the country. He's, like... Yeah. He's, he's like, don't run that often. Yeah, like, he's in... He's in I guess it's Northern California, I guess. It's like the start of Northern... It's like where the South disappears and then the NoCal starts. I, th I think you're on the border town, honestly. Wait, I think you're in between. Dab in the middle. Yeah, yeah. So he's in the middle and... uh. Well, I mean, of, of Northern California because Southern California... Or, like, uh, San Francisco is south of us, so that's way already north. Okay. Well, anyway... It's, a, but it's, it's, feel it's like, very it's rural. Feel like like yeah, somewhere in the Central Valley. I didn't. I didn't think they even had a single bus that ran out there because it's basically just like a. Um, yeah, it's a rural area. Yeah, it's a rural area. I would think it's like, like a vacation like, town for you like, know for people that don't live there. I think it'd be like a nice little vacation spot. Uh, but uh, my bloody Valentine has a cult following. Uh, it seemed like they were going to make sequels. I mean, they leave this legend open. In the original version, they took the time to have somebody write a song about the town and the killer miner. <laughs> like, it was this whole, like, national cultural event. You know what I mean? Like, everybody knew the legend of the the Hennigy Mines or whatever the hell it was called. And um, Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of surprised this uh, didn't get a whole lot of sequels, especially in the era of Friday the 13th and Halloween and uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, this... This had like a pretty iconic looking uh, killer. I mean, the the uh, mind mask or the the gap, the face well, mask, whatever. I was reading they were gonna call My Bloody Valentine. They were actually originally gonna call it The Secret, and they weren't thinking about franchises and they weren't thinking about teen slasher movies when they made it. But they put it out and it went up against like the first Friday the Thirteenth, and then they were like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> you know what I mean? So from marketing, they were like, "Oh, we gotta change the title. Gotta change the title." You know, and then they kick it in, My Bloody Valentine. But that's why it stands out, because it happens on Valentine's Day, and the killer is centered around sending people valentines with their cut-out hearts. Mm. Which and is good... It was kind of, a, like I said, it was a change of pace to see more adults, mm. uh, be adults uh, 
be the ones to be off versus like dumb teenagers, although they were dumb young adults, but still. I really liked it. I, this is one I'd never gotten to, but uh, I actually really enjoyed it. There's actually an everyman character in the first movie whose name is Hollis. And uh, he actually has a pretty attractive girlfriend, and they seem pretty serious. And he's, like, alive during most of the movie, and he's, like, the voice of reason among most of his friends. Then he takes a nail gun at the, it, to the face. But um, up until that point, uh, he's kind of like the third man. He's kind of like, uh, keeps the other two friends in line from, like, fighting over the other main girl. And uh, the friends, the little collective of friends ends up in the mine for a really long time. I'd say they spend more time down in the mines in the original than they do in the in the remake. Yeah, I, I would definitely say so. Because it's of, kind of like a kind of a, um, a mystery or survival story for a bit. I mean, all slasher movies are kind of that way, but there's a like heavy emphasis on the survival part of this. Mm. I love how like there's a well another common like. And again, this came out when they were just starting the genre, so you can't really say it was copying something else. It may have helped start this pattern of like, you know, the the, the town authorities are trying to cover up a disaster. You know what I mean? Because it affects yeah. the town making money or affects some kind of festival, and then like, which becomes like a cliche. You watch all these movies and like that. Yeah, the town's trying to cover it up as fast as they can. There's also, but there's also somebody that knows the legend. Like in this first one, is like a, it's a guy at the bar. Like, he's like, oh, my God, we're going to want to talk about Valentine's Day. <laughs> you know, you know, and then he just launches into it, right? It's like, it's like, come on, man. <laughs> like, uh, then he gets into it, and, and then, like, you know, and then he's trying, like, trying to jerry-rig, like, a, a thing to tease the kids. And, of course, boom, he's taken out. Um, oh, that's funny. What's funny about the remake is like they got they wouldn't got the guy from Night of the Creeps who played the sheriff like like um oh Tom fucking Atkins I love yeah that see that's the thing like you know you get somebody from who's like a main staple in horror movies to show up in the in the remake and then you got um one of the screenwriters I realize there's like four or five on the remake um was Todd Farmer who everybody knows has a history working with Sean Cunningham and like worked on Jason Ten and uh, He's like a well-known horror writer. He did like Drive Angry. He's got a couple films out there, and he's kind of been in the horror community for a little while. What's funny about his career is he usually ends up in the movies he's writing on. So like he's, he's naked too. What? I feel like this isn't the only movie he was in though where he, where he was naked. I don't know, but I, I I didn't know you were keeping score on Todd Farmer nakedness in, on on screen, dude. You see? I think he uh, might have been right. I don't know. I know he typecast himself as like an angry hillbilly that gets killed. Yeah, um, I will say, man, um, watching um, My Bloody Valentine and then My Bloody Valentine 3D back to back, I will say that this one, it, it is a straight up horror slasher movie, but it's also kind of like a satire on the, this genre of movies, kind of a s satire slash tribute. I don't, I don't know if that's what you got from it. From oh, from the remake? Yeah. No, I mean, it takes at times because it was released in 3D, so they did these these camera angles, these set pieces where they, like, uh, emphasize certain things, like like eyeballs popping out with a pickaxe, a pickaxe going through a windshield, um, some weird thing with a shovel where they cut a girl's head off with a shovel. Right. Um, no, I get all that, but, I mean, it, it felt like it had a tone of, like, like tribute slash satire of some of the shittier uh, slasher movies. Like, some of the characters make 
I don't know. I wish I'd taken better notes, but it, it felt like it had a tone of satire to it, to me. Like it made fun of some of the the shittier parts of some or dumber parts of old slasher movies. Um, you know, the dumb characters. The, the you know, I don't know. I, I wish I'd taken better notes to get better examples, but uh, felt like a tribute slash satire at times. Hmm. I re- I really didn't get a sense of that on this go around. Um. I will say they're watching them back to back because I literally watched one last night and I finished up the remake today. I, I would say I kind of like the original better than the remake with the 3D effects, you know. I do, but I had a lot of fun with the remake. I will say I had a lot. I see. I saw it only once in the theaters, and um, with the 3D, which the 3D actually. Uh, that's the kind of funny thing about that movie is like the 3D works if you were able to watch it in 3D, but it looks like shit when you're watching it regular. <laughs> I mean, all the the effects are you know it's supposed to be in 3D. Yeah, I mean it's just it's supposed to go along for the ride. It's definitely a sensation. It's definitely like a, an event, a spectacle. I mean, 3D movies are almost like a roller coaster ride. Like you definitely have to have the technology so you can ride along with it and and kind of go along with it. Right. Um, it's it, it's it was funny. Especially yeah. like, spoiler alert, one of the kills in particular with uh, actually the guy we just uh, talked about, Tom Atkins, he gets his fucking jaw ripped off and it gets thrown at the screen and it was, uh, that was one of the better moments of the movie was in 3D. You know what, I wanted to research because it looks like him, it actually looks like his old um, deputy that's with him looks like mm-hmm. the guy that played the sheriff in the first one and I really didn't know if there was a connection there if they went and found the guy. And he played a bit part in this new one, but I would almost guarantee uh, it really looks like the guy. Right. But I wasn't able to take. I didn't have the time to confirm that, but it looks like him, which would be another interesting th- uh, like tie-in. But um, this uh, this this story is kind of weak in the. And I know I'm an advocate for Todd Farmer stuff, but I feel like the story is not as strong as the spectacle in the remake. Um, and again, well, they just changed the face of the characters around, and I don't know. Oh, I cut you off. Go ahead. What were you going to say? No, no, no. I was just going to say, I mean, that could have been studio interference for all we know, but I, I, I think know. it's... I think, you know, I think the... Re- I, I'm kind of going to defend the, the remake. I actually really liked it. Um, again, I, I'm with you. I like the original yeah. better, but um, I, just in terms of pure fun, uh, the the remake was a, a good time. I mean, the major story changes... Uh, the Axel Farmer in the remake becomes one of the sheriffs, right. and uh, and the and the guy we were talking about earlier, Tom Atkins, he's like the sheriff when they're teenagers, and there's an incident at the mine, and the guy kills people, and then ten years later, one of the characters is now the sheriff, blah blah blah. But it's still Tom and Axel. But in the first movie, the original Axel was the psychopath who had like delusions that the ghost of the original killer was talking to him, and so it wasn't like this. This, they have this story of this Henry guy who supposedly escapes from an institution, comes back to the town and starts killing again on Valentine's Day after he murdered a bunch of people, you know, ten years previously or whatever. But Axel saw that guy kill his dad on the original Valentine's Day massacre. And then, oh, like, for yeah, for some reason grew up thinking, that, like, okay, that's I'm going to do what Henry does and I'm going to be a pickaxe murderer. <laughs> like, And then at the end of that movie, you know... He's beat up and has one arm, but they can't get him because he's in the, like, abandoned or collapsed part of the mine, and he's just screaming at everybody that, you know, 
he's going to keep killing and he'll be around. And that, again, that's the door open for the sequel. Like, you think, like, okay, now we're going to get, like, five Bloody Valentines. You know, and then the 80s would have, like, a whole other franchise for people to consume. It would be right next to the Nightmares and the Freddies and everything else. But, no, you, you don't get any more Valentines. <laughs> you don't get a single other sequel and, until the remake. And the remake just switches it. They go... Alright, Axel's still a piece of shit, but he's not our murderer, and they make Tom have hallucinations and end up being end up being the murderer, which is I'm thinking about that as like I don't know, it's kind of awkward if you think about some of the scenes how they played out. So he's like wrestling with himself. Alright. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like quite literally. Well, what I found interesting too is like you said, um Axel's still a piece of shit. Which is interesting, like he's kind of by the end of the movie, almost the good guy, in a sense. But he's also a piece of shit. Like, he cheats on his wife, uh, which, like, I mean, I will say they committed to making him a red herring because yeah. they had him do a bunch of fucked up shit where you're like, well, yeah, of course he's a bad guy. He's cheating on his wife. Well, but also, um, even the remake has the, the event that happens ten years before. So there really is another killer who sets the thing off, right? Yeah. And uh, builds a legacy of, like, this... Um, this legend, like, it'd be like your ghost town. It'd be, it's, like, literally your your superstitious legend that you hear when you live in a town. So this guy really attacked kids at the mine that were partying. And then, like, Tom and Axel and their friends were there when they were in high school or whatever. And then, you know, C- Tom comes back to the town, and he's the one that has picked up, you know, where the killer left off. But um, Axel even ditched some, even ditched him at the mine when the other killer was there. He, like, was in his pickup truck, saw that he was still alive, and he was like, oh, I'm just going to leave. I'm going to take off. <laughs> So, yeah, Axel's a piece of shit. Like, he, but the original Axel in the first movie, like, was a little bit more honorable. When they were, like, fighting over the girl, they were both like, let's have a beer, let's work this out, can we work this out? They, for, like, three days, they're trying to figure out whether they can salvage their friendship. You know what I mean? Right. But in this, in this movie, he's like, no, I'm going to leave you right fucking here, take off with two girls in my pickup truck that I'm going to bone, and I'm going to leave you here to die, and a miner's going to kill you. Bye, see you later, have a nice day. You know? So. Um, and it's Chris Smith. I, I like him. I like him in this vampire movie he's in, where there's like, um, there's this vampire movie called Forsaken, which is a little bit like, uh, God, what is the vampire movie that that Kate Bigelow made? Oh, Near Dark. So there's this movie called Forsaken that came out in the early 2000s, with Kurt Smith as the main character, and it's a little bit like the vampire road trip western that uh, Catherine Bigelow made called Near Dark. Which came out like ten years before that, even. But um, I, I don't really like Kurt Smith in this movie. <laughs> you know, right. and then they give him a sassy partner. He's like a sassy deputy. You know, who's like when he's around, he's like, what's that? Said you gotta have a sassy deputy. Yeah, he shows up, does some comedy relief jokes that don't really hit, but. Um, yeah, the sex scenes are better in the remake, but, you know, that that's Canadian sensibility. You know what I, you know, you know what I mean? They're not going to give you some audacious sex scene, not in the first movie. Um, well, I mean, it seemed like this was a pretty big hit, actually. Um, like, it, uh, it only cost 15000 to make, and uh, worldwide gross was 100000 I mean, excuse me, 100 million. Are you talking about the remake? You're talking about the remake. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the remake was a big hit, but again, you still don't see ten more Bloody Valentines on the shelf. I was amazed. Hmm. 
And when you think of the, I mean, when you talk those kinds of numbers and shit, the president is going to keep lining up. Well, who knows? They got to do my buddy Valentine in space. (laughs) That's what they should do. Well, um, I don't know. I'd say uh, my bloody Valentine, the original. What would you say? Uh, Binge now, binge later. Binge never. Oh. Yeah, I'd say binge now, my bloody Valentine, nineteen eighty one. Binge later, my bloody Valentine, three D. And there's no binge never because there's not, there's not a third one to discuss. Hey. So <laughs> there's no. That's it. That's the gamut. What do you think? I, I actually that's how I would line it up. Nice. I can't I can't think of a binge never. Okay. And what do you think about my bloody Valentine in space? Uh, it could work. A couple of kooky kids on a space station, you know. Hormones still rage in space, folks. You know, they, they could definitely explore a space mine that has a legend of a, a crazy miner. He lost oxygen to his brain and he went nuts, killed a couple of space mining kids, you know. <laughs> uh. It's not that far-fetched. There's definitely science fiction movies they can go to. There probably are space mine movies where there's a murderer. 